Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, church. Good morning, Global. All visitors and friends, hope you're doing well. I know it's a frustrating time for us all. We're fighting this this pandemic, but you know, keep yourself chirpy, keep yourself cheerful, listen to a bit of soul music, a bit of Diana Ross, a bit of Marvin Gaye. <laughs> Today I've got a great message for us. It's really my favourite topic, if I can put it like that, if it's a topic, and that is, it's the foundations of our faith. And you know, there's many new people that have come into global, and so for people who have been Christians for a while, be patient, because I want to really aim at people that are new to the faith and help them to understand what's happened to them because we need somebody sometimes to explain what God's doing to us or with us or in us and why we think and feel the way that we do because we've changed and it's like oh I don't know the you know I don't know whether this is good or bad I don't it seems good but I'm nervous I'm fearful and you don't have to be frightened you can have faith faith can move mountains in your life but faith can also bring you peace I want to really lay foundations in your heart and in your mind and in your life so that you have something to stand on. You know, there's a story told of a a soap manufacturer who was talking to this preacher as they're walking down the street. And he says to the preacher, you know, Christianity, it's been around for centuries. It really doesn't seem to be having much effect, does it? And the preacher then noticed that there were three kids playing in the mud and they were full of mud and muck and dirt. And so he says to, to the guy with the soap, he says, you know, soap has been around longer than Christianity. And he said, so why have we got these, these kids that are dirty on the street still? And the guy, defensively, the manufacturer of soap said, yeah, but you see, the thing with soap is it doesn't work unless it's applied. And the preacher said, that's exactly the same about Christianity. It doesn't work unless it's applied. And Jesus said the same thing in the gospels when he said you know there's two types of foundations there was a man a wise man who built his house upon a rock and uh, there was a foolish man who built his house upon sand and when the storms of life hit both of those houses the house on the rock stood firm and the house on the sand just disintegrated what we've got to look at is building our life on the rock and when you hear and obey what jesus says you are building your life on the rock. Many people hear and then do what they want to do. And it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for them. It doesn't work for the families or the friends. It doesn't work for the next generation coming through or generations afterwards. And I want us to be a church that's strong in faith, strong in knowing what they believe and knowing how to apply God's word into the life uh, and have faith. You know, we're standing on God's word and now we can believe God for some great things to happen in our lives. Don't you want some good things happening? I certainly do. So come on, we're going to get right into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, 
we regard no one from a worldly point of view. In other words, they must be great because they live in the posh part of town. They must be rubbish to live in the rubbish part of town. He must be great, he's got a great car. It's just a worldly way of looking at people. And Paul says, we don't do that now, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. In other words, don't believe in Jesus, you'll not get anywhere. Are you one of them Christians? What a weirdo freak. No, we once thought that, you know, to acknowledge Jesus was weak or weird. And it's none of them things. And Paul came to see that himself. He thought Jesus was a blasphemer and he realised Jesus is God come in the flesh, which is an amazing thing. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And that's really the key verse that I want to use today. If Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And I'm speaking to you today, you know, you're a new believer and you've got fears within and fears without. You're wondering, you know, at times, am I believing the right things? Or the old is creeping back up on me and I'm nervous. Am I going to go back? And I want to speak into those kind of fears and bring reassurance and peace from the scriptures. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. This is great news. And he has committed to us, global, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore God's ambassadors, as though Christ, as though God, sorry, was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, come back to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How awesome. How awesome is that? You know, sin has affected everybody and it produces horrible things in our lives. Sin is worse than COVID and it's worse than cancer. COVID and cancer can kill the body. But Jesus said sin can destroy both body and soul in hell. And so we're looking for what is the cure? What is the, the remedy? Psalm 51 verse 5 says that we were, like we were born with sin. He put it like this. Surely I was sinful from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says that sin causes us to stray like sheep. Isaiah says, we are all like sheep, we've gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. This is what sin does for us. It makes us selfish. It makes us bullheaded. And we were born with it. We, you know, it's not like we went out and did something. We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. We've got the disease already implanted in us. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned, all have sinned. No matter how respectable a person looks, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, God's standard. Every one of us. In fact, the word there in the original language means to miss the mark, like you're throwing at a dartboard and, or, or, or a bow and arrow. And the bullseye is like, that's what you've got to get. And anything less than that, you've failed. And the whole human race has come short 
of the bullseye in, in terms of God's uh, standard for living. And Isaiah 64 verse 6 says that our good works cannot cancel out our bad works. He says even your good works are like filthy rags. I'll not go into that at this point, but that's not a nice term in the Bible. It's very stark. Even your good works are like filthy rags to God. God sees through motives and everything. God is so pure and holy. It's incredible. So I want to have a look at two phrases. I've only two points today, but each have got about 300 subheadings. So here we go. Number one, the first point I want to make is the old has gone. I'm speaking to you new believers and, and even older believers. Some of you have never been taught this. You know, you need to get your, 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 your phone out and make notes or get writing. The old has gone. Before you came to Christ, you and I chose to live in darkness. We chose that. So therefore, we are responsible for our actions, but powerless to change. We can make some adjustments. We can make some little changes, but ultimately we cannot change. We're powerless. So this is what the Bible says about our state before we believed. And, and you'll probably recognize some of this. Number one, it says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Ephesians chapter two, verse one. You were dead in your trespasses. In other words, you've crossed lines. There's lines that you knew you shouldn't have crossed and you did, and I did, before we were believers, right? And, and, and there's a deadness about us that goes, well, I can do whatever I want. And, and, you know, with sin, what sin is, it's just sin is rebellion. You know, we fall short of, of God's standards. Number two, Titus chapter one, verse 15, tells us that we are defiled by sin. Sin doesn't just separate us from God, it soils us. It makes us dirty and unclean. You know, our bodies are clean, but our, our minds and our consciences are corrupted and they're defiled and dirtied by sin. The Bible says that to the pure, Titus chapter 1 verse 15, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. Do you remember that? Do you remember becoming a Christian and you tried to say something and it was pure, it was, there was no sort of double entendre or anything like that, and people go, ooh, 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 and you're like, what's the matter with you? And you forget that that's where you came from. Where to them that are to, to them that are unclean, there's nothing that's pure. Everything has to have a downside. Everything has to have a, a double meaning or whatever. And it's so refreshing when you become a Christian. You think, no, I say what I mean. I mean what I say. Number three, before we, we, we became believers, the Bible says we were prisoners of sin, unable to break free. Now, Freddie Mercury sang that song that resonated in everybody's heart. I want to break free. I play the drums better than I sing. Anyway, I want to break free. John chapter 8 verse 34 says this. This is Jesus' words. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And you know, we start off with little sins. But as we go on, there are sins become habits and we cannot break them. We used to do schools lessons where we'd get a, one of the students out and we'd tie them up with toilet, toilet roll and we said, go on, break free. So they broke free. And then we eventually it gets stronger and stronger until we've, we've tied them up with strong rope or chain and they can't break free. And we said, there's some things in life you can break from, but some things have you. And you can't break free from rebellion against God, hatred even against God. 
You can't break free from, from unforgiveness when someone has hurt you or hurt your family. You can't break from, I'm just naming some things. Sometimes we've crossed the line in trespassing in our sins and we know it's wrong to drink a lot and then we've drunk a lot and now we drink a lot and we can't break free. And, and it's saying you mustn't take drugs, you mustn't take drugs. Well, everyone else is doing it, so you do. And, and you're in control initially, and then after a while, you can't break free. And if I'm speaking to you this morning, and you're in that situation, I'm saying, Jesus is your answer. He's got the keys to set you free. And you might even be a new Christian, you're saying, it's the drink that's got me. Or other things that I've got, I cannot break free from hating. I have a strong negativity and hate and all. Jesus wants to break you free. I'm trying to give you illustrations of outward sins and inward sins. And Jesus sets us free from all sin, which is great. So before you knew him, you were a prisoner of sin. You had no choices. You had to be selfish and do it your way. You had to do things your way. Number four, we're blinded by Satan, the Bible says. We're unable to see the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says this. The God, small g, the God of this age has blinded the minds of, unbel uh, of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God. They cannot see the light of the gospel of glory, uh, of the glory of Jesus Christ. And, you know, you and I were once like that. And isn't it strange to think, why don't they see it? I tell them, I thought, they, I thought people would believe because of me. And this is my story. I thought they would. I thought they would know what I was like and see the change, but they can't see it. Of course, they knew I was different and everything, but Satan has a way of blinding people's minds, not their eyes, but their minds, so they can't believe. Only the gospel, when they hear the gospel, only that has got the power. Then when once that comes into your mind and you start to entertain that thought that maybe there is a God, maybe Jesus is the Christ, maybe Jesus is God come as a man, then all of a sudden there's, there's options are open. John Wesley, the, the leader of Methodism, the founder of Methodism, 250, maybe 300 years ago, he talked about prevenient grace. What does that mean? It means that God is revealing himself to you before you're as a Christian and he's getting you ready to believe. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're visiting us on, online and I want to say, keep coming this way. God's, God's with you and he wants to lead every human being to Christ and he wants to use us as believers because he's given us the ministry of reconciliation, bringing man, mankind back to the creator and designer God. So blinded by sin, number five, before we were believers, we were under God's judgment with the threat of eternal death and punishment hanging over our heads. And it's not that God is mean or, or he's bad-tempered and then you believe so he becomes good-tempered. No, God's even all the way through. God's love. God loves us. But God loves justice. And there's things that God loves and there's things that God hates. And he hates sin because sin damages you and me. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from each other. And so God hates sin. And it, the Bible says God punishes sin. That's why Jesus had to come and take the punishment. Yeah? Sometimes, as a new believer, I used to think, well, I've sinned now, what's my punishment? Because you'll see sometimes in the Old Testament, they were pun people got punished then and there, and you're like, well, what's my punishment? And it's like, no, 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 you believe in Jesus. So now you've got like, it's like an umbrella 
if you will, if it's raining, you dry underneath that umbrella. You know, the umbrella of grace, we stand under it. And the showers of judgment can come around, but it won't touch us. Why? Because we've received the Son and God honours the Son, Jesus Christ. Not the S-U-N, the S-O-N. <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about raining. I just didn't want people to be misled. So we were under God's judgment and fearful even, thinking, I'll never, you know, if there is a God, I've done wrong. And so people live in fear. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. This is the great apostle Paul saying, he did this, like me and you did this. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. That's God's wrath against sin. Then he goes on to say this in verse four, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of yourself. God's grace came to us. God's grace met us on a broken road and it lifted us beyond our failings. Fantastic. So number six, number six, we were cut off from God. We were separate from Christ, separated from him, without God and far away. Ephesians 2 again, verse 12 to 13. Let me just read it to you. He says, remember that all the time, all that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And so before we believed, we were cut off from God. We were separated from him. We were like the prodigal son who went to a faraway country and he was far away from his father. He was estranged from his father. That's in Luke chapter 15, verse 13. And it says about the prodigal son, he came to his senses. And that's what you and me did. We came to our senses. We said, okay, it makes sense to us this. God, if you're there, will you forgive me? Will you come into my life and change me? And he has. But I want to remind us where we've come from. And I'm going to take us now into where we're going and who we've become in Christ. But let me just finish. We were, we were like the prodigal son in a faraway country. And, but we, we, had we not have repented, meaning doing a 180 turnaround, 180 degree turnaround, and we have repented and we've received the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And now we're no longer separated and living under the fear of eternal death, but we've got eternal life. You know, Romans chapter six, verse 23 says this, the wages of sin is death. But the second part of that verse is, but the gift of God, gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't get it because you go to church. You, you receive it as a gift from God. But eternal life is a gift from God through Jesus Christ, his son. And we've turned from our sins and we've believed in Jesus and received this eternal life. So we can look at those six things in our past. The old has gone. The new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17. So we've looked at the old that's gone. Let's have a look at the new that's come. The new that's come 
you know, though we might have the same physical appearance that we've always had, the same temperament, the same personality, you have become a brand new person. You are a new creation, the Bible says, with new attitudes, new relationships, a new outlook, a new purpose in life, new interests and new friends. This new change is described in several ways in the, in the New Testament. I'm just going to give about seven of them, actually. But there's more than this, but I've just, just pulled out some. So number one, it says about you as a believer, you have been forgiven. 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. So you are forgiven. You say, but some days, Dave, I don't feel like it. You can't go off your feelings. You've got to go off facts. And the fact is, if you confess your sins, he will forgive your sins. Yeah. And purify you from them. It's absolutely always gives more. But he will, you confess, he will, he has forgiven it. Yeah, but I don't feel it doesn't matter. Feelings come later. Facts, faith in the facts, and then the feelings come. I wish I could take notes on myself today. I am, don't touch me. You have been forgiven. Number two, you have been justified or declared right with God. Absolutely righteous with God. Romans chapter three, verse 24 says this. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We are justified just as if we'd never sinned, freely by his grace, not through anything that we've done, through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12, it says, there is no other name by which men must be saved the name of Jesus. There is no other name, no other name, but the name of Jesus. You have been declared righteous. He said, but I don't feel it. Don't go off your feelings. Keep going through, believe it. You start to trust what God's word says. And as you trust, your faith grows and you become more mature. And you're like, you know, I used to struggle with feeling like I'm forgiven. Now I, I, I just don't even give it another thought. I've trained myself to trust the word, not my feelings. The word is truth. You can trust God's word. At the cross, there was a divine exchange. What I read earlier in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. Uh, and it says, But God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become right with God, or the righteousness of God. It was a divine exchange that happened at the cross. It happened 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away from, from Great Britain, from these shores. But you know what? It has the same power today to change our lives. So come on, this is what we've become in Christ. We've been forgiven. You have been justified. Number three, you have been cleansed. Your mind, your memory, your imagination and your conscience has been cleansed. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, it says that after Jesus had made purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father in heaven. We, you know, your sin doesn't just need forgiving, it needs purifying. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins, we are forgiven. And to purify us from all unrighteousness, you have been cleansed, purified by the blood. 
John puts it like this in chapter in his letters, first letter, chapter one, verse seven. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, that's that narrow road leading to eternal life. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, purifies us. People say, I don't think you need to go to church. But it says when we have fellowship with one another, mysteriously, in our gathering, the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. Let's not stop meeting together. Let's keep as best we can. You know, we're obeying laws of lockdown. I get all that. But let's keep meeting together, even if it's a Zoom meeting. There's nothing to stop us from praying for each other over a Zoom meeting. So you've been cleansed. Number four, you've been reconciled before you were God's enemy. But now you become God's friend. Romans chapter five, verse 10. That we're, before we were enemies of Christ and enemies of the cross. But now we've become friends. Can't you feel that? Don't go off your feelings. <laughs> but you know, after a while you start to know inside. You have a conviction and a convincing on the inside. That you're his friend. That God is your friend. And some of you haven't got that yet maybe. Don't panic. That will come over time. You're just finding your feet as a new babe in Christ. And I'm trying to give you some, some easy scriptures to get hold of so that it's feeling it's like milk. So don't worry if you, if you don't feel it at the moment. There's a convincing and a conviction that the Holy Spirit will bring to you as you keep walking by faith, not by feelings, by faith. There's a convincing and a conviction that will bring assurance to you. And you're like, yep. And it comes through the Holy Spirit. So let's keep open to the Holy Spirit every day. Come on, you're doing good. You know, I, I hear great reports about so many of you through, from your leaders. And it's, it's great. Keep believing. Keep on that narrow road. If others get off it, don't you get off it. Even if people that have taught you get off that road and start playing with the scriptures, don't you get off it. Keep going. Okay, I've got to move on. We've nearly finished. By the way, you'll never find a better friend than Jesus. There's nobody to compare. The hymn writer said, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Fantastic. No more comments. We'll move on. Number five, you have been born again. You've, you've started afresh. It's not just a new start in life. You've been given a new life to start with. It's eternal life. Your parents gave you human life, but this new birth gives you the life of God and it's eternal. So Jesus in John chapter three, verse three, he says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And in John's gospel, this is great because some people think, I think I'm going to go back to my old way and I'm scared. Well, I go back to my old ways and there's a, a great thing that Jesus said here in John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. And he said this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. What a friend we have in Jesus. He gives us eternal life and nobody can snatch out of his hand. Keep walking by faith. Number six, you are now in God's family. 
God is your heavenly father and you are his sons and daughters. 2 Corinthians 6, chapter 6, verse 18. I will be their father. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. How brilliant is that? You know, that means that God, the father, is committed to loving us, protecting us and providing for us and training us. And he does that through his word predominantly. Most of all, he does it through his word, but he also does it through his leaders. And then number seven, you are on the narrow road that leads to eternal life. You've got off the broad road that leads to destruction. Now you're on that narrow road. And Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be, you may be also. It's in John chapter 14, verse two, two and three. So meanwhile, while he's preparing a place for you, he's preparing you for that place that we are becoming conformed into the image of Christ is what God wants for us. So don't stop meeting, don't stop reading your Bibles and praying. I want to encourage you, go over these scriptures, go over the, the six one, the, the six, the position that we're, that we're in and, and the six scriptures, the scriptures that go with the six things that we were previously in the old life, the old is gone. Look at it and, and remind yourself of it. Make, you know, underlying the scriptures in your Bible, but go back to God and say, my family and close friends still live like that. Lord, will you save them like you saved me? Let's think about them. And then have a look at the seven that I've just mentioned about who you've become in Christ. Underline the scriptures that go with it and then start to speak them out every day. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Start to speak these scriptures out. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Speak them out. Because the more you speak them out, they will grow and grow you in faith. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 